didn't give them two hundred thousand dollars. They invested two hundred thousand dollars, and that two hundred thousand dollar investment is now made them very, very, very well off. So the other point that I was making is you got to be willing to give your kids seed money. Give them the seed money. They don't got to get it out the mud. So if you give them the seed money so they can create or build something, now they build something massive. Not only because they have your capital, but they also have the mindset in the in the direction because people are more inclined to listen to you if you're putting the money up. But if all you got is a bunch of opinions, they're probably going to dismiss you. But when you write a check, you have some say so. Tweet talk episode 128. Are we on the talk? What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Welcome to Tweet Talk Black Wealth Podcast where we talk about building black wealth and we dissect financial tweets. I'm your host, Raphael Husbands, a.k.a. Raph Millie. Here with my co-host, Charles Oglesby III, JD, a.k.a. Todd Billionaire. And we are here. Uh, before I go any further, I definitely want to give a shout out to our Patreons. If you are not a Patreon, you sleep. Join the Patreon. It's super easy. You can join for as little as $2, $4, or $20. $20 gets you a free Tweet Talk shirt. And the Tweet Talk shirts are fire. They're ultimate high quality. But definitely got to give a shout out to the Hartzogs Patreon. Give a shout out to Keenan Hastings Patreon. And give a shout out to Kiana Kiani Adams. Um, I gave a, a, an offer out recently to let you guys know that if you want to be a guest co-host on the show, the floor is open because we want to give as much value to our Patreons as possible. So the floor is open for you to come onto the podcast, talk about your tweets, ask about tweets you wanted to get discussed and also promote your products and your businesses. So it's a small investment that's going to give you some access to other things. So again, shout out to our Patreons, Hartzogs, Hastings, and Adams. You guys make this um, more motivating so we can in- invest in the brand. If you're watching on YouTube, you see we've already upgraded things and we're still continuing to upgrade things and only going to level up even more. Invest in what you want to grow, y'all. Mm-hmm. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. At Tweet Talk Pod, that's P O D. Follow my guy Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Follow myself on Twitter at Work Money Life. He'll be on a Sunday afternoon. What's going on, Charles, in Todd Capital World? Man, just trying to play golf. You know, I'm just trying to get my golf game up. That's all I'm trying to do in these streets is golf. Um, <laughs> but I might not be able to play today. Uh, it's family day, so we're going to be going to hang out with the in laws. Um, but after this episode, I might head to the driving range, hit about a hundred balls to, uh, keep up the consistency, man. I'm learning that like what you do, everything is what you, what you do every day is what you get good at. So you might start out something and you might be struggling. You might be all over the place. You might be out there in the golf course, whacking in here, whacking it there. Can't get to drive to go straight, but you know what you got to do. You got to show up the next day. And then after that, you got to show up the next day. And after that, you got to show up the next day. And what you're going to realize is you're going to start tweaking and changing things over time. And what's difficult becomes second nature because you do it so much. And so that's true, not just for golf. That's true for options trading. If you ain't options trading every single day, you're going to be wondering why you're struggling. If you aren't investing in real estate every single day, you're going to be wondering why you're struggling. Dame Dash said it best. He said, what makes a professional? You're professional if you do something every day. He said, I do business every day. So therefore, I'm a professional businessman. 
What do you do every day? You're a pro at that. Do you watch Netflix every day? You're a professional Netflix watcher. Do you complain every day? You're a professional complainer. Do you are you a victim every day? Then that. And somebody said Dame Dash is broke, but Dame Dash also built a multi-billion dollar company, a multi-million dollar company and sold it for multiple millions of dollars. So until you do that, you don't get to criticize Dame Dash. Because you broke too, but you ain't built a million dollar company. All you did was come on Instagram and comment. Meanwhile, he's built a multiple million dollar company. He sold a multiple million dollar company. He mm-hmm. sold Rock, uh, he sold Rockaware for multiple millions of dollars. What are you talking about? Get off of here before I block you right now. We we show love to Dame Dash at Tweet Talks. We show love to Dame Dash at Tweet Talks. You come in here and you talk about all these broke folks. Man, it's one thing to be broke and never have made it. It's another to have made it and gone broke. That's two different things. That's not a business principle. That's a money management principle. We're talking about two different things. We're talking about two different things. Managing your money and making money are two different things. So yeah. maybe Dame Dash didn't manage his money well. But he still knows how to make it. Your responsibility is to manage your money. Don't just make it, manage it. Yep, 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 yep. But on that note, you had a tweet where you said, if you tell average an average person what it takes to become successful, they're going to think you are doing too much. It's funny because I have, I have people in my life who aren't where they where either they desire to be or where we as a family would like for them to be. And I'll tell them things and then they'll be like, nah, 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 nah. And it's frustrating because like they don't realize that there is no easy path to success. Everybody got to grind. Everybody got to sleep in a car. Everybody got to sleep on a couch. That's the path to becoming successful. There are no quick steps. If you look at a, a family that is well off, there was one person that did it and maybe multiple people that did it. But at some point in time, mm-hmm. somebody got to do it. And if ain't nobody else doing it for you, you are that person if you desire to get there. And so right. people will hear that and they'll say, that's too much. I was on Twitter last night and there was a girl talking about how um, there's this dude complaining about working a CDL, not making no money. Or, and then there's also people saying, well, I worked and I got a CDL and I made some money. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, well, everybody can't wait eight months to get money. I'm like, what are you talking about? You can't wait eight months for the rest of your life? That's the way I see it. I see it as a small sacrifice for the rest of my life. A small sacrifice. Would you rather spend your whole life struggling or six months struggling? Pick your struggle because you're going to struggle. You can't avoid the struggle. It's folks in these comments that are struggling. It's folks in here that are struggling, but they won't go struggle and grind and work seven days a week. I chose a short-term, very hard very strong struggle. And I, I I knew that I had to struggle in order to get where I wanted to go. And so as a result of that, I get to now not struggle. I get to go play golf. I get to have dividends pay for all my living expenses. I don't even got to worry about the dividends pay for that. No need to worry. My dividends handle that. And so like, that's the thing is you, if you tell somebody what it takes, they're going to think it's too much. If you tell somebody what is required, they're going to think it's too much. But I always say, if you want too much money, you got to do too much. They don't want to do too much. They don't want to post too much. They don't want to share too much. They don't want to create too much. It's always too much. It's always too hard. It's always too difficult. Run to the difficult, the hard, and the too much. And I promise you, if you do too much, you will have too much. But it's too many people out here who just want to kind of do their best. We don't do our best. We do what it takes. 
And if you got to post 25 times a day and you're posting five times a day, you've accepted that you're not going to get what you want. You just haven't admitted it. You've accepted it. You've accepted that you're not going to get what you want out of life. You just haven't said it out of your mouth. And it's a lot of folks out here who are accepting average, but they aren't admitting that they accepted average. They're still out here acting as if they're working their hardest and they're putting forth their best and they're not. They're taking weekends off. They're taking evenings off. They're not creating content. They're not posting content. They're not seeing how they can add value. And then they wonder why they are where they are. You got to go all in. You got to overcommit. Overcommit. The 10x principle is 10 times what you think you need. Yep. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be sexy. And success is your duty. Now, it's crazy. Like you said, um, you said in the, the mastermind the other day, don't do you. Or yesterday, don't do your best, do what it takes. And what you said before was, you know, there's, there's always that one person in the family. There's always that one wealth creator, that one person, or at least one person. And you got to identify that one person in your family and support them. And if you don't know who that one person is, then that person is you. So get to getting. The key that you just said there is you got to support that person. Um, there's in our family, there's there's earners. And then there's those that aren't earners. And so there's people that just have a natural ability to earn. And so a lot of times what we do is we put all our effort behind the athletes and the people who want to be rappers. And then we'll leave the entrepreneurs to fend for themselves. It's like, good luck with your little business. And in other communities, that's not how they function. In mm-hmm. other communities, they're putting all their effort, all their energy behind that person for free, knowing that the big payoff is going to pay for everything. We can't get to the big payoff because we're trying to take crumbs out of the, the pot in the beginning. And so like, even when you're building a business right. and like early, early employees need to understand, like it's all money in. I would love to pay you what you think you're worth, but it's all money in. And if I don't, you're going to be so much better for an example of that is the humble episode. He brought in some CFPs who weren't even CFPs yet. And they were making six figures on their job. He was like, I can't pay you six figures right now. I can pay you $3,000 a month. But if we build this, we're going to build it. You're going to be a very happy camper. Why? Because now you're not making six figures capped at 120. Now you're making 250, 350, 400. And you got equity. We openly sell this. You're a multimillionaire. It's an investment. And that's why I tell people that the people who work with the person who is entrepreneur are just as entrepreneurial as the entrepreneur. Raphael building something is just as entrepreneurial as maybe me. Like we're we're both entrepreneurs. We're all taking a risk and you're going to be paid off. And so we got to learn how to be a strong like second player sometimes or a strong third player to be Scottie Pippen, to be Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is over here in the NBA finals because he was a role player under Michael Jordan. Y'all don't want to be a role player under Michael Jordan. Y'all want to be Michael Jordan. And then you wonder why you can't actually get success because Michael Jordan going to step on you. Play your role. We need folks in our community to play their role. And if we played our roles, we would compete at the highest of levels. We're not competing at the highest of levels because everybody's an individual. This is my business. This is my business. This is my project. This is my project. No, we're going to grow longer, uh, better working together, Raphael. Instead of creating an individual entity, we bring it all in house. Let's build a billion dollar company, not a bunch of six figure hustles. Everybody want to brag about Mm. six figures and six figures ain't no money. And the people who make six figures to tell you it's not no money. But we're over here chopping down the next man to make what we already know is not no money. That doesn't make any sense. Collaboration is mandatory. Mandatory. And you said you mentioned Steve Kerr. Man, Steve Kerr was a role player. Nobody will ever say he was a great player. And he got three rings. 
and beyond Steve Kerr, because now he's a NBA head coach, but that's all on the role he played. It wasn't that he was a, such a great coach and he just got and he just got in. He his name carried him from being a, a champion. And that especially that first Bulls team that did the three three peat, the role players got so much money off that. When they left and went to other teams, they got some huge contracts. Man. It's crazy. It's like you gotta stay down. I say it all the time. You gotta stay down. It, 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 I'd rather be on the team that's getting the chip than be out there just being some dude. Because we don't know the role players on the non-championship teams. We don't know them. <laughs> I couldn't name it if I wanted to. We only know the stars over there. And so we're all thinking we have to be stars. Like, nah, you can be a dope role player and make a name for yourself. And what's interesting about that is if you look at like the PayPal mafia, the PayPal mafia, if you guys aren't aware, it was a bunch of entrepreneurs that came together, right? Some mm-hmm. people were starting their company over here. Some person was starting their company over there. They came together. They merged their company. They took PayPal public. They all became billionaires. Who are those yep. people? Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, Elon Musk, wealthiest person in the world, worked with a team to get on. Reed Hoffman, strong independent business business person who don't need no man. Nah, he would have failed because <laughs> honestly, he didn't even have the name PayPal. Peter Thiel had the name PayPal. The company that Elon Musk had was like just some company. It was like a no-name company. Like it wasn't even a great company. I forget the name. And so he was able to bring his underperforming entity into a massively performing entity, take it public and become a billionaire and then start doing boom, 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 boom. We don't get to break off from each other until we get to that level. Now we're talking about splitting billions and you're like, you know what, brother, I'm going to take my 200 million over here. And I'm gonna just invest over here, but we over here splitting crumbs. We're split. We're arguing over a thousand dollars. I've had people cut me off over twenty five dollars. I've had people cut me off over a hundred dollars. I've had people that I paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars come on the internet and talk crazy about me. Mm. But that just that just lets me know that they ain't ready for the big time. Because I'm not even tripping off one hundred and fifty grand. I had a contract to run off me on fifty grand. I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on the big time. So I can't trip off a little stuff. I can't tell you what I look like tearing you down over twenty five dollars. That's not big boy. I look stupid coming after you for twenty five dollars. You right. might get some support in your ignorance, but that doesn't make it any less ignorant. You gonna get some support doing some dumb shit in the black community. You gonna get some support doing some ignorant shit. They'll support you all the way to the bank. We've seen folks on the internet fighting over sneakers, fighting over somebody's man, fighting over dumb stuff, and you have folks in the crowd cheering them on. So just because you get in cheers doesn't mean you're on the right path. Just because they're dapping you up doesn't mean that they that you're on the right path. I don't even want the cheers because most folks don't even know what I'm doing. I don't want the cheers because most folks don't even know what I'm building. They can't even see it. So how can I expect them to cheer me on? How can I expect them to get behind what I'm going on, what I got going on? I can't. Folks blind to it. They can't even see it. He said he talked to a blind dude and he said, like, what do you see when you look out? Do you see black? He's like, no, nah, I literally see like it doesn't, I don't even see anything. He's like, it's like me looking out of my elbow. And there's folks who you present a vision to them and they're so blind to it. They don't even see black. They see nothingness. And it's so crystal clear to you. You're over here trying to explain it to somebody who doesn't even have the ability to see it. Yeah. That's I'm not talking, man. I'm not talking no more. I'm not talking no more. And you said it, man. They never understand new shit. They can only comprehend what they know and have seen. It's crazy because... I look at Kanye and where Kanye is now, man. And like everything Kanye is doing is completely unique to a certain extent because there have been other rappers with Mm -hmm. shoes, but there haven't been rappers with shoes that did it his way. A lot of rappers with shoes were just like people who kind of endorsed the shoe. So if you look at like Adidas and Run DMC, 
It was an Adidas shoe that they endorsed. If you look at like, I mean, Jay-Z, it was a Reebok shoe and you knew it was a Reebok shoe. A Yeezy mm-hmm. is a Yeezy. Ain't no Adidas logos on there. It's just Yeezy. And so even that, but also with the recent shining, signing of uh, Jalen Brown and he's starting his own kind of like sports uh, agency, working with Antonio Brown, bringing on other athletes. We got influence, y'all. We got influence. And that's one of the things that Kanye was talking about is like the reason why you pay me to wear your merch is because I got influence. The reason why I want me to talk about your stuff in my song is because I got influence. The reason why I want me to come on this interview is because I got influence and I get ratings and I get numbers. And so we have influence, we have power, and it's not just what that job is willing to throw you. It's not just what that job is willing to throw you. And so when you're out here and you're executing on your vision and you're working on your plan and you're building, and you're growing, it's a lot of folks who are going to tell you it can't work and you can't do it. Not because it can't work and you can't do it, but because they never seen anybody do it. And this is why I go to spaces like the beach. I go to the beach to see people doing it. Because if I only hang around people who I'm around... I'm going to never see folks doing it. I used to think that like not going to the beach was like a black people thing. So like on the holidays, we just sit at home, play cards. And then I went to the beach for the holiday and I saw a whole bunch of black families out there. And I realized that it's black families doing what you want to do. It's black people doing what you want to do. I see black people on the golf course all the time, all the time. And it made me realize that like we're sold something. We're literally sold something and we're sold ain't shit. And the only way that you can go realize that we are shit is by going into those environments and meeting real people and talking to real people. Because there's black folks out there owning boats. There's black folk out there driving Rolls Royces. There's black folks out there owning big homes. There's black folks out there owning businesses. There's black folks out there sending the kids to private school. Black folks out there into parent households, raising their kids. It's black folks out there doing it. And that's what makes this so powerful is because we get to shed light to it. And what happens when you shed light to it, you get more of it. It was never as many real estate investors or business credit people until social media allowed us to share light on it. We got to shed light on the things that we want to see more of as opposed to just the same old drug dealer movie. If I see one more drug dealer TV show, I'm a flip. I'm tired <laughs> of seeing drug dealer TV shows. I'm tired of it. Why? Because it tells us that that's the only path and it tells them that that's all we are. And we're much more than that in real life. You go to Detroit, it's just a bunch of black real estate developers out there. You go to Atlanta, it's a bunch of black entrepreneurs. We don't see that, though. We're going to get drug dealer show, drug dealer show, drug dealer show. Why? So they can continue to lock folks up for drugs. Joe Biden right. said it himself. That's why the whole world thinks the way they do of us, because that's all they see on TV. That's why they disrespect us, too. Television but, programming. And you got to think about these stupid stereotypes. Like, I mean, I think we talked, I know we definitely talked about this before, but it's so weird to me that Black people in America talk about black people don't swim. Like, that's weird for black people to do, to swim. I come from the Caribbean. Like, imagine a country that is, like, 90% black or something like that, and then there wouldn't be nobody in the water. That's such a stupid idea. But going back to the Yeezys, what Kanye did is crucial. He, I think, you know, he's doing it different, but he, he took what other people did and built on it. Like you mentioned Jay-Z. He had the sneaker with Reebok. That was the first for a rapper. Nobody had their own sneaker. He had he was the first non-athlete with his name on a sneaker, S. Carter. It wasn't even Jay-Z. It was his real name, S. Carter. Then 50 had the G Unit sneakers. And then Kanye just took it and built on top of that, man. That's I, I would say what's, what's also interesting is they also try to make us think we can't do things that black folks have always done too. 
Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. And so like that's the the this crazy kind of dichotomy that goes on. It's like you can't build a shoe company. You you're not an athlete. It's like, okay, so Jay-Z didn't do it, Rockefeller didn't do it, Dame Dash didn't do it. Like, right, what's the difference? He said, I go to any arena and play one on none. I'm a performance <laughs> artist. We can do anything, yeah. man. Do not let these mother efforts tell you that you can't do what you can do. I'm sick of it. If you don't get nothing else from this show, just know that you can do what you want to do. Pretty much. Now, at the beginning of the show, you, you kind of touched on this. You talk about showing up daily and you get better at things if you do it every single day. And you had a tweet where you said um, the money is there. Your execution is not. Man, the money is out there. The problem is we ain't creating products. The problem is we ain't creating services. The problem is we're not advertising what we do. The problem is, the problem is we're not recording podcasts. The problem is we're not taking the action, man. At the end of the day, success follows action. It does not follow thoughts and prayers. Jesus, they want you to have faith and actions. Faith without works is dead. And so a lot of people believe they should have these things. They want these things, but they're not taking the action rec- required to get those things. And that's another reason why I go to wealthy environments. Why? So I can see what they're doing. What are they doing that I'm not doing? Are they exercising every day? Are they involved in real estate? Are they going to law school? Are they lawyers? Are they doctors? What are they doing? I need to find it out so I can do it. Not just so I can look at the cool stuff that they got me like, man, that's a cool car. No. What do you do? How'd you get started? How'd you get the money to start? How long you been doing mm-hmm. it? What are some things you've gone through? That's the best part about having a podcast is all the questions I've been wanting to ask successful people. I bring them on the show and I'm like, bro, how'd you do it? How can I do it? <laughs> what was life like growing up for you? And so I think that like people underestimate the amount of action it's going to take to become successful. And they also don't even realize like that was an eye opener for me. Two books, eye opener, Outliers, which says you got to put in 10,000 hours to be great at something. And 10X Rule, which says you got to take 10 times the amount of action that you think is necessary to achieve that goal. 10 times. If you want to drop a podcast, you think you're going to drop an episode once a week. Mm-hmm. You got to do 10 times that. You got to be dropped. And it might seem excessive, but what's going to happen, and I just told one of my clients this, is what's going to, and actually I told my wife this, is the way you win on social media is you dominate. The only thing they should see when they log in is you. You have to dominate. If you're posting here and there, you're going to be forgotten about. If you're posting every so often, you're not going to have the impact that you want to have. You're not going to grow. You have to dominate. Everywhere that they look, they need to see you. I don't care if it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Everywhere they look, they got to see you. Everywhere. It's domination, not competition. I don't want to compete. I want to dominate. I want to crush your soul. And you get there by taking action and putting in the work, taking action and putting in the work, sending that tweet, making that post, making that TikTok. You don't get a viral TikTok that do- does over 200,000 spins if you don't post 75 other videos. I look at my TikTok and it's insane. I started with nothing. I started nervous. I started like, oh man, should I put this out there? I created one little TikTok and I made a commitment to take and do one TikTok every single day. From there, 
that one TikTok turned into two TikToks every day. Now it turns into how many I decide to make a day, but I know at the very least I'll make at least two per day. Mm-hmm. That's what it requires. The money is there. Your execution is not. You can have all the strategy in the world. You can go to all the masterminds in the world. You can go to all the conferences in the world. But if you are not executing on that information, you're going to lose. You're going to lose to the person who's taking action every single day. And you don't have to have money. Action, super, action supersedes money. A, a low budget production is going to be a high budget production. Why do you think Larry June is relevant now? Why do you think currency is relevant now? Because they take action. They're constantly putting out work, constantly putting out work, constantly putting out work. And you know what happens? There's going to be some dope tracks. It might not be. Every track might not be dope. But if they release six tracks, one of those is going to be heat. And all you got to do is find that one, that one that's heat that gets spins. And now you got a name for yourself. Yeah, it's funny. You really only, as far as music goes, you really only need one hit song for to have a whole career. A whole career. You could have a whole career. And they're getting multiple hit songs a year because they put out four or five albums. Right. Instead of waiting till everything is perfect. But um, yes, shout out to TikTok, man. The Tweet Talk podcast, TikTok is growing too. Follow us on TikTok, Tweet Talk podcast, and also at Todd.Capital. Also, shout out to the Patreons. If you are not a Patreon, what is you doing? If you're on this live, if you're on this stream, and you aren't a Patreon, what is you doing? We got the Heartzogs Patreon, Keenan Hastings Patreon, Kiani Adams Patreon, and I don't know. Ain't nobody got as affordable as a Patreon as we got, and we have some really cool things coming up. Again, you guys have the opportunity to be a guest on the show, promote your product, ask your questions, get your voice heard. And make it permanent because all these podcast episodes are permanent. Where the tweets at, Roth? Yeah, you also says systems ensure that things get done. Man, that is so key. Um, and I realized this when I started doing things that like had a high payoff, but I was letting fall through the cracks, and specifically the trucking business. And I was like, man, like for some reason, I'm just not making what I need to make happen. And so I was like, all right, we need to put on the calendar. We need to make sure that. I call this person every single day. I don't care if they don't need to be called. I don't care if they told you not to call them. And that's a part of the system too. A part of the system is sometimes annoying. Systems can be annoying. Systems aren't like, if you wait until you feel good, until you feel right, you're never going to do it. And so I put in systems for everything now. Systems, especially as an entrepreneur, hold you accountable because they're not anybody looking over your shoulder holding you accountable. So the only person really holding you accountable is your systems and your automations. And so one of the things that I was doing is I was saying, you know what, I'm going to check on my finances every 1st and 15th. Every 1st and 15th, I'm going to log in and make sure my credit cards are paid, all that stuff. And what would happen mm-hmm. is on the 17th, I would realize that I missed the 15th and I'll say, all right, well, I'm going to just get it on the 1st and the 1st will come. And then I get that email from them like, hey, send your credit card payment. And then I send it. And so I don't want to send credit card payments when the credit card payment is due. I want to check my finances once a week, every Sunday. I'm going to take an hour. I'm going to pull up every single credit card account. I'll make sure that every single payment is scheduled or every single payment is done. And we can go about our day. Look at all my bank accounts, all my checking accounts, all my savings accounts, all my investments accounts and systemize it. Why? Because systematizing it is going to ensure that it gets done. Systematizing is going to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks because with your credit, that one ding can ruin everything. And that one ding can be permanent. It's long lasting. It'll take you two years to get a late payment off your credit report. Two years. Right. And so I can't play with that. And so that's one of the things is just putting the systems in place, putting automations in place to hold yourself accountable so you can know when you're messing up and so you can know that things are getting handled accordingly. 
do I need to check it once a week? Probably not. But at least now I'm being more than diligent as opposed to being slightly diligent and then falling behind. Right, right, for sure. And word of advice, if you if you're broke, check your check your stuff every day, man, until you get to a certain <laughs> point. You can't be broke and not be checking every day. You can't afford to. And set up those auto those auto payments, man. Automatic payments are the shit. So you don't miss payments. Man. Now, this one, you said at this point, I'm leery of every new investment. Charles ain't jumping into crypto. Man, and the reason being is um, I've seen too many people get burned off of these novel investment ideas that mm-hmm. turn out to be like pump and dumps or turn out to be something that's not going to pan out. I tell people all the time that it takes a lot longer than you think for something to be the next big thing. So I was in Tesla in 2000, maybe 11, graduated college 2009, or like 2011, 2012, I was in Tesla, right? Tesla didn't really start blowing up massively until like maybe five years ago, if not less. It didn't really become like, it was always uncertain. Everybody's like, when you're built, until you become successful, your success is always uncertain. And so until Tesla like really became that dude, it was always like, oh, I don't know if they're going to make it. They're going to have some competition. People might not adopt it. Maybe there's going to be range issues. How are they going to charge their cars? And now everybody puts respect on Tesla's name, but it took a long time to get there. And what happens with uncertainty in the stock market is your valuation is going to go up and down because there's no certainty. So one day they're optimistic, one day they're pessimistic, one day they're optimistic, one day they're pessimistic. And so it takes a lot longer for something to get there. The same thing is true with cryptocurrency. We've seen crypto companies come and go. Why? Because you never really know what's going to pan out until it pans out. Amazon was the same way. Up until recently, people doubted Amazon. Why? It doesn't make any money. They're not making any profit. They're losing money. Amazon was not what you guys consider it today. And it takes a lot. It's really difficult for people to kind of like backtrack and see how they used to talk about Amazon. But I used to see the articles. I used to see all the negativity and all the crazy things said about Jeff Bezos when he first started. Who wants to go buy a book online? We got bookstores. Now bookstores out of business. Who wants to rent a movie direct to their home when they can just go to the movie store? Now Blockbuster's out of business. And so for Mm. me, the reason why I avoid new investments is because it takes longer to pan out than you think it is. And all that is opportunity cost to be putting into opportunities currently that could be doing well for you. And so I want to take advantage of the opportunity in front of me, not put money, my whole account on some speculative investment. So is there a place for speculation? Absolutely. You should still have some exposure to some speculative assets. It doesn't have to be large. It should probably be less than 10%, but you still should have some exposure. But am I betting the farm on this next upcoming thing? Probably not. Not anymore. And this is just my personal my personal opinion. This is not investment advice, and I'm not a financial advisor. And so what I'll tell you is that like with weed stocks, I saw an article and it was talking about how when, autom- autom- when automobiles first became like popular, and like people were all trying to like revolutionize and like commercialize the automobile. There was over a hundred car companies. Of that hundred car companies, we ended up with the big three: Chrysler, GM, and Ford. That means ninety-seven of them failed, went bankrupt, lost all their investors' money. So, were cars the future? Yes. Could you predict which one was going to be able to shake it out? No. The same thing happened with um, the dot-com industry. Was dot-com the future? Yes. Were all those companies that had these crazy valuations that tanked? Were they the future? No. And so for me, I'm chilling until whatever is the most lucrative of those opportunities manifests. And then when that manifests, then I'll put a large amount of money over there and I'll ride it up. But I'm not putting a large amount of money in a speculative investment. I made that mistake. I'm telling you guys from experience. Um, 
when the whole stock market went through this whole cycle, I was looking for the next opportunity. I was like, the next opportunity has to be weed stocks. We got Joe Biden. He's a liberal. He's going to legalize weed federally. It hasn't happened yet. I don't know if it's going to happen yet, but I know I've lost a substantial amount of money in the process of waiting for Joe Biden to actually do something that's going to benefit the people. And so (laughs) I would just say that when you're an investor, a large part of investing is wealth preservation. What's the number one rule of investing? Don't lose money. What's the second rule of investing, Raphael? Remember rule number one. Exactly. And so as an investor, you have to look at opportunities. And the very foundation of that is, can I lose my money? How do I look at that? I look at the fundamentals of a company. Is it profitable? Is it growing? Is it likely to pay a dividend anytime soon? Are people optimistic about it? But mostly, what do the financials say? If that company is not generating revenue, it's probably not a good, not generating profit because most companies generate revenue. If it's not generating profit, it's probably not a good investment at this moment. Why? Because investment valuations are best based off of a multiple of net income. Therefore, if your company is not generating any income with no income in sight, it's likely not going to be worth anything. And so what's going to happen is you're going to have these companies that IPO with these lofty valuations and then they report earnings and then it corrects down to the true valuation. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they're reporting a loss. The valuation on a loss is zero. That means that stock should be trading real, real close to zero. But what they do is they they inflate these values. So when they go public, people buy into it because you are their exit plan. Just like when you buy a flip, you are their exit plan. You're more than likely overpaying. Mm -hmm. When you buy a brand new house, you're more than likely overpaying. When you buy a deal from a wholesaler, you're more than likely overpaying. You want to be the person that's in the know. You want to be the person that bought that property wholesale, who invested in that company wholesale. Wholesale shares are what they offer to the new investors, to the VCs, to the seed investors. Right. You're their exit strategy. And if you got five to 10 years to wait, by all means, but don't put 100% of your life savings hoping to retire next year in something that's not going to manifest for five to 10 years just because they said that it's the future. Yeah, that's key, man. When you're saying uh, wealth preservation, because if the company's not proving yet, you're better off not putting any money in it until you see proof, proof. You see the proof of the, um, what do you call it? Like proof in the execution, not execution, but the word proof is escaping. Right. Wait until you see some proof that this company is going to be a strong company. And yes, if it if if you wait, you are going to miss out on some of the upside, but it's better to keep yourself safe, man. We're not trying to find the bottoms around here. I'm not. It's by low. It's not by the bottom. By yeah. low, not the bottom. It's very difficult to time the bottom. A lot of people who are trying to find the bottom and trying to sell the top are the people who either overstay their welcome in a stock or miss an opportunity in stock because they're waiting for a bottom. I've seen that happen before. I always tell this story, but I remember when Chipotle was getting hammered due to their E. coli situation. And somebody sent me a message and it was like, hey, Chipotle is trading at 430. Should I buy it now? I was like, yes, you should buy it now. Yes, it is on a steep enough decline. It's a strong enough company fundamentally that ultimately they're going to turn it around and you're going to make some money because it fell from a high of like $1,200 per share. If you bought it at $430 and you sell it at $1,230, you more than doubled your money. He was like, no, I'm not ready. The stock fell to $370 and ultimately bottomed out, but he never bought it. He never bought it because he was waiting for a bottom. He moved on to other things. And so how much money did he lose out on by waiting for a bottom that he never bought? He still would have doubled, maybe tripled his money now, because I think Chipotle is trading around $2,000 a share. I'm not trying to find the bottom. I'm trying to find a low. I'm trying to find a bargain. I'm not trying to find the bottom. I'm trying to find a bargain. Right. That's going to be the name of the episode, I think. Don't try to find the bottom. Find a bargain. 
Now, speaking of investments, now this is an old tweet. I'm sure we've talked about it before, but I think Beard's talking about it again. He says, stop just giving kids money to blow and start giving them money to invest with and some spending money on the side. One of the cool things that I did for my niece when she graduated from elementary school and went to middle school is I gave her some money and a card. And I was like, I don't want to just give you money because if I give you money, you're going to go buy some Nike Air Force Ones. You're going to beat them up and you're going to have nothing in six months. And so I was like, you know what? Let's open up a brokerage account for you. Let's put that money there. And then what we'll do is I'll give you some extra money on the side so you can still like buy something. People like to buy things, especially when they've worked really hard to get to a point. And so as I was thinking, I was like, man, that's so smart because I was we're open at the account. We're talking about some different stocks that she wanted to buy. And then I realized that, like, man, this is really cool because now the money that I'm giving you, you're permanently worth that much money. Like if you don't have no money in, in, in savings, now I've created net worth for my niece. She has no debt. Now she has net worth. Now, what's really cool is the money that I gave her is going to grow. And so I was telling her, now your money's going to make money. And I was telling her, you don't spend the money that's making the money. You spend the money that the money made. And so I'm teaching her all these fundamental principles of, of investing. And she's 12 years old. And so I, I, that's one of the things that we've done for my son as well. Because what you, I'm sure you've realized this as you have kids is you spend a bunch of money on things for kids. They play with it once and they want something new. And I was, I was like, this is not a very intelligent use of my capital, son. <laughs> so what we're going to do, especially since he's the only child, he's very well taken care of. What we do for holidays mostly is my wife's parents take care of the toys. We take care of some toys as well. But my parents put money up for his invest for his savings account and his investing account. So we started this two years ago on his first birthday. His first birthday, she bought him a savings bond. This birthday, she, he, she bought him a savings bond. But it's cool is now we're adding value to the money that we gave him last year. And so now he's growing his wealth and he's not even noticing it. These kids don't know. Like if you, instead of getting eight toys, you get four toys and now you got some investment, you're better off for it. And so it seems right. so simple and it makes so much sense. It's just either we don't know or we don't do it, but other communities are doing it. Other communities are doing it. It's funny because, and she might be watching this, but we were talking about, I was talking about Rolex with one of my friends, my moms. And her question to me was, so did you get him a, a Rolex and put it inside of a, a safe? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh no, I haven't done that. I'm like, you got to do that. You got to do that. And like the other day I was driving, I was like, why don't people ask me if I like how many properties he owns or how much money he has in stocks? Cause he good there. He got a stock market mm. investment account that could buy a Rolex if he wanted to. He has a property that's already appreciated in value that we're going to turn into a rental income. That's going to further supplement the dividend income that I already created for him and the stock market income. And so I was like, nobody asked that question. We over here focus on, did you get him a Rolex? Not focused on, does he own a home? Cause he does. Does he own assets in the stock market? Is he aiming toward a six-figure net worth? Because I think that's the most important thing. But the question was still replaced, and it makes sense. But I'm ultimately just giving one of mine. When he turns 16, we have that black bar mitzvah. We have a black bar mitzvah, and all y'all invited to the black bar mitzvah. <laughs> but well, yeah, seriously, your Rolex is his. Your Rolex is his Rolex. You know, that family assets are family assets. Whatever mine is his. Like, that's the way it works. And whatever his is mine. So it's like, if I got to leverage his investment property to make a deal work, then we're going to do it. And that's the benefit of the family asset and building this this way. And this is what I need people to understand. It's like, and my dad doesn't quite get this, but it's like, whatever you kind of like create or do for your kids is going to pay off dividends in the future. And I told the story about Amazon and how his parents 
gave him $200,000 to start his company. And people are like, oh, they gave him $200,000. They didn't give him $200,000. They invested $200,000. And that $200,000 investment has now made them very, very, very well off. So the other point that I was making is you got to be willing to give your kids seed money. Give them the seed money. They don't got to get it out the mud. So if you give them the seed money so they can create or build something, now they build something massive, not only because they have your capital, but they also have the mindset in the in the direction because people are more inclined to listen to you if you're putting the money up. But if all you got is a bunch of opinions, they're probably going to dismiss you. But when you write a check, you have some say so. And so it's like now you have the capital. You also have the wisdom of your parents, because if your parents could afford to cut you a $200,000 check, they probably got some sense. And so it all works on itself. We I don't say we have to. We, I don't even want to entertain the idea of individuals in business anymore. Ain't no such thing as an individual in business. It's only a group effort. And if it ain't a group effort, you're going to feel about it. You're just going to fail. It's not going to work. It doesn't work when you're alone. Nothing works when you're alone. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Not anything. Folks struggling because they're alone. I be trying to tell folks. Yeah, we're losing the game because we're playing as individuals in a team sport. That would never work. So my question to you, the friend that was asking about did you buy him a Rolex, was she asking that because she was kind of Really trying to give you an idea, or was she like trying to be like kind of like? I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of both because we all know that they appreciate and value. So Mm -hmm. it's like whatever you buy now is gonna, especially if you buy it retail. If you get it retail, it'd be worth so much more money when he turns sixteen. So I mean, I think it was some advice there, but oh, because I was wondering if maybe it was like, well, you got yourself a Rolex, but it's kind of being like sarcastic. Well, did you get him a Rolex too? Like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, I don't want to put that in your head now. If if you didn't think about it, this 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 thing she was being um trying to get helpful. something retail. Once these markets normalize, then maybe I'll look at it. And once I get the money out this flip, then maybe I'll look at it. But I think ultimately, when I bought the watch, I bought this watch that I'm wearing right now with him in mind, knowing that we passed down Rolexes. So a lot of people right. who have Rolexes that are young got it passed down. It wasn't necessarily bought for the purpose of giving to them. They bought it. They wore it. It's a timeless watch that's never going out of style. And so when your son does ultimately get it, he's still styling. Yeah, and it means more to them, too. Like, this was, this was my father's watch. Right, right, right. And, and I was watching the show, and he was talking about how, like, there's a greater connection when you wear a watch that your dad wore as opposed to just wearing a watch that he kept safe, safe for you in the safe. Because, like, and so they were saying, like, you don't want to just, like, have it in a safe and then give it to him because he won't appreciate it. So what you want to do is you want to break it out. You want to start wearing it. So then he can make that connection between you and the watch. So then it also, because fathers are powerful, man. Kids grow up wanting to be just like their dad. Their dad is their superhero. And that's why you got to make sure that you're modeling these great things. It's another reason why I stopped drinking and why I got to stop giving, I got to give away, give up on this thing pretty soon. But, um, <laughs> yeah. that's funny. Now, yeah, interesting tweet. You said, name yourself something amazing and then live up to it. I 
was in a class that I'm taking right now. And he was talking about like Stevie Wonder. And he was like, it's amazing how people can like give themselves a name and live up to it. And when he said that, I thought about John Legend. Um, and there's other people out there who have done that. Like Alicia Keys, her last name is not Keys. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of noticed that, that, that that's like the point of life. A lot of intelligent parents give their kids name that means something. African parents give their, their kids names that mean something. It's not just like your name is Dequandre. Because Dequandre is going to probably turn into a knucklehead. If your name is Dequandre, I apologize. But we got to be intentional with the names that we give our children. Nolan's name means champion. If you didn't know that, Google it. I was very intentional with making sure that his name meant something. Because what you call yourself is what you turn into. If you call yourself the N-word, you're going to turn into an N-word. If you call yourself a B, you're going to turn into a B. If you call yourself ain't shit, you're going to turn into ain't shit. I call myself a millionaire and became a millionaire. You got to change what you call yourself. And you are going to realize multiple things. When you call yourself that, it don't matter what they're saying because they're going to probably call you bad names anyway. I've been called crazy names on the job. You get called like they be trying to label you. I chose to label myself and you got to choose to label yourself. And whenever I see somebody do it, I get inspired. I'm like, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you to get to that point. And I think maybe people probably do the same thing too. Like when I named it, people maybe were rooting for me to get to that point. And so I think it's important because names have power. Words have power. Words have the most power. God formed the whole world with his words. He said, let there be light. He didn't go up and pull the sun. He said, let there be light. What you call yourself is like everything. That's why they call it spelling your name. It's it's like a spell. You are projecting what you want into this world by what you call yourself. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it timeless, timeless again, where people call themselves something and they grow into that. So stop calling yourself the N word. Stop calling yourself the B word and start calling yourself something great. It's the original technology, the word. In the beginning, there was the word. The original technology. The original technology. No, Charles, you said get some money so you can stop tripping over everything. Man, um, I was, uh, I don't know if I should tell this story, but I was, I was out to eat with some people and um, like, they're like tripping over the server, like doing something. And um, like, I don't know, maybe he was wrong, but like, I just feel like even if somebody's wrong, I don't want to like get in your face about you being wrong. I'd rather just still play the cool role and let you realize you're wrong for yourself. Because if I tell you that you're wrong, you're going to defend yourself being wrong. It's like the book, mm. Why Should uh, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. He said that everybody's going to justify everything. People do whatever they can to justify what they did, even if it's wrong. So I stopped doing it. I stopped pointing it out. And so I realized that like when you have money, you ain't really tripping off of too much. It's not too much that upsets you because a lot of folks upsetness or anger with the real world stems from their anger with themselves. And so there's people who live like these really hard existences and then they go out into the world and they take out their frustration on the world where there's people who live a very carefree existence and they ain't tripping off much. You ain't ever been to Newport Beach and seen somebody cussing somebody out. You ain't ever been to Newport Beach and seen somebody like, I got to tell them what they blah, blah, blah. It doesn't happen. And if it does happen, it's not the standard. But you go to Watts and it's the standard. 
and it's nothing against Watts people. Everything is an economic issue. And that's for the longest time. I wanted my people to build businesses, invest and build wealth, because if we can establish that, we can have a more peaceful community. If we have a more peaceful community, we have less death, less drama, less stress, less crime. And so we got to solve the economic issue. We got to get to that point, because until we get to that point, we're going to have a whole bunch of other problems. It's so interesting how I can't think of a relationship. But like folks will be in a relationship and that relationship be tumultuous. And then folks will get some money and you don't have no arguments. I ain't ar- mm. like longest time. Like I did not argue with my wife. We was not arguing. And then we went to a party and we were around another couple and they were talking about how they were arguing like before they got there. And then we went to another mm. party with the same couple and they were talking about how they argued like before they got there. And then on the way back home, we got into an argument. I'm just like, what are we arguing about? We we got nothing to argue about. Like arguments in a lot of instances are based on scarcity. People are arguing over scarcity and competing over what they believe are scarce resources. So when your resources aren't scarce, you don't really got too much to be angry about. And so that's what I'm saying is get your money right so you can get your mind right. Because once you get your mind right, then you can get that peace. Who thought we'd be coming up in an hour this quick? Yeah, I know, right? You know, do like two more. So you said, uh, if that job won't pay you six figures, the marketplace will. The marketplace will. And you know what's great about the marketplace is customers are abundant. I said another tweet and I was like, if you advertised your business as hard as you look for a job, you'd be rich already. Because a lot of people, when they're looking for that job, they send out, especially in the era of like digital app, like you can go on a job board and just advertise and just like, apply for the job, apply for the job, apply for the job. Folks be applying for hundreds of jobs, 200 jobs. I've been there. I've been, when I was looking for a job, I used to wake up every day and go hard. I would apply for like, I don't know, maybe at least a hundred jobs a day. I was going hard in the paint. You can do the same thing Mm -hmm. on the internet. The same way that you can look for a job, you can look for a customer. The same way that you can create a resume, you can create a sales page. You can create a landing page. You can create some sort of advertisement or creative copy that's going to bring you in customers. So these jobs ain't loyal, man. And statistically, they are not paying a lot of us six figures. I know everybody on the internet makes six figures, but the data says otherwise. The data says about 5% of black people make over $100,000 a year. And of that 5%, about 50% of them are older than 50. So that means 2.5% of people that make six figures that are under than 50 are black. That means 975 percent of black people don't make six figures. Why? Because we think we got to get our money through them. We think they get to say how much we earn. We think they get to determine. And that's what happens. If they control your income, if they control your job, they control everything. If they control your job, they determine how much you get make. They, they determine how much you make. I was sitting on the couch last no, night. I made a thousand dollars. I was sitting on the couch last night. I made a thousand dollars. Name a job that's going to pay me to sit on the couch, and watch Netflix and make a thousand dollars. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> These jobs are not going to do it for you. And that's not telling, I'm not, and that's one of the things I was telling my wife is I was like, I'm not expecting them to be less, less racist. I'm not asking racist to not be racist for me to make some money. I'm saying, okay, this is how you're moving. This is how I'm moving. Okay. This is what you're putting in place for me not to rise up in the ranks. Okay. This is what I'm building. This is what I'm going to execute on. This is what I'm going to create because I think that's a more noble fight. I'd rather control what I can control. I can control if I'm posting. I can control if I'm creating. I can mm-hmm. control if I'm recording. I can control if I'm uh, delegating tasks properly, but I cannot control how someone thinks about me. And you just got to make the, 
you got to come to the strong conclusion that they ain't going to give it to you. You can work as hard as you want to do, but again, 2.5%. And so you got to take your skill set to the marketplace. That same skill set they pay you for in the job is marketable. I have a, a cousin who does digital marketing for this firm. I'm like, bro, you know, you're sitting on a million dollar skill right now. You do Facebook ads, you do social media content, you write blogs. That's a million dollar skill. The problem is you're taking it to your job when you need to take it to the world. Would you rather get money from one person or millions? Would you rather get $1 from one person or would you rather get $1 from millions? Would you rather get $50,000 from one person or would you rather get $10 from millions? That's the math. $50,000 from one person who could fire you on the drop of a dime, who likely will fire you at the drop of a dime, who has no connection to community, does not even like you, you got hired for diversity purposes, or you got hired because you were cheap, or you got hired because whatever. Yeah, you go from 50000 to zero. Real quick. You know what it's like to go from $50,000 to you, zero? I do. And it hurts. And it's scary. And that's why I started working multiple jobs. I was like, I can never go from $50,000 to zero. I might go from $50,000 to a fraction of that, but I'll never go to zero again. I could mm-hmm. at least be able to feed myself. That's the reason why I started layering jobs. Like job security, I had to create my own job security, and then I started to add a business into that. So I was like, now this I could do it even bigger and better. Right, and man, it's gonna say something, but yeah, when they control your income, you know, they control how much you make. Like you said, they control where you can live. They control the quality of food you can eat. They control the dating prospects you have, what you can drive, all that. When you take your skills to the marketplace, you could wake up in the morning and say, man, I, I want to buy something. I want I want a couple thousand. I need a couple thousand. You could send out an email to your email list and promise them a brand new product and put it on pre-order. You don't even have to make it yet. Just put it on pre-order and send out an email. Go back to sleep. Make some money, man. Can't do that at a job. That's for sure. Now, Charles, you said... Last tweet, stop taking time for granted. <laughs> That's an old tweet, but I think I should say stop taking time for granted. Stop <laughs> taking time for granted. Do not. Somebody said, oh, man, I think it was Kendrick Lamar who said something about like, I'm, it's going to be difficult to replace me. So don't melt away too soon. It's going to be difficult to replace me. I am not the options community. I'm not the options course. I'm a motherfucking legend. I'm a motherfucking legend. And you want to be connected to the legend, not to the things that the legend produces. So don't grasp one idea and run off, y'all. Because I'm nice, but I cut your ass off. If you cross me, like I said, I'm not going to come for you. I'm not going to hate on you. I'm not going to slander you. I'm going to just keep it pushing without you. I'm going to keep it pushing without you. We've seen it happen. We saw it happen with Blacker Pockets. We've seen it happen with other ventures I've had in the past. I'm going to keep it pushing without you. And I'm going to aim higher so I can shit on you. Because I'm going (laughs) to take it personally. I take it personally when I get robbed. I don't just like, oh, I got robbed. No, I'm making my personal agenda to succeed so big that you got to see it. You got to see it because you doubted me. You didn't think that I was that dude. And so now I got to show you that I'm that dude. And now I got to continue to show you that I'm dude, that dude. How do I do it? I do it by putting in so much work that I become so successful that you see me everywhere. You can't not see me. You can't not see my impact. So then 
You can feel what it feels like to fumble a bag. You can feel like what it feels like to fumble a boss. Somebody who really wanted you to win with them. I ain't I I include everybody in everything. I do not discriminate. If you want to work with me, we work it together. But you got to return the favor. Don't come to me when I got opportunities. And then when you got opportunities, oh, this is me. This is my thing. This is my business. This is my pride. This is my this that. Why? Because that's not how you that's not how you blow up. And, and I'm okay with being a number two, Raphael. I'm the number two on this show, and I be going hard. I'm the number two on the Tweet Talk podcast, and I be going hard as if I'm number one. Because I think that's what a good number two does. A good number two goes as hard as the number one without needing the notoriety or not needing the name. But a lot of folks won't go hard unless they're the, they're the face. They won't go hard unless they're the person who is getting all the shine. And that's where we as a community need to go. We need to participate just as hard as the group as we do on our own. Even mm. if you are not the boss, Raphael, if this blows up or whatever we're doing blowing up and I'm the number two and you become a billionaire and I become a hundred million year, I'm pretty happy because a hundred million dollars, <laughs> you can do a lot with a hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars, yep. you have an investor mindset. It's a lot more than a hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars, we have an investor's mindset might as well be a billion. It might right. as well. And so don't fumble and don't take talk for granted. Why? Because I go hard and you want me to go hard with you, not against you. You want me to go hard for you, not against you. You want me to go hard for you, not despite you. And I'm done. And we done. First. That was a dope way to end the live. <laughs> <laughs> we are done. Be sure to follow us. Are we still live? We are still live. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P O D. Follow myself, Raphael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow the parent company, Todd Capital, at Todd.Capital. And follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion. Shoot, follow us on TikTok at Tweet Talk Podcast and at Todd.Capital. Follow us everywhere. Join the Patreon. Find us on MoneyTeamTC.com. Join the Patreon for as low as $2 a month. Network with us. Join, Come join the millionaire family. Call yourself millionaire and join the fam. Come rock with us. We'll leave you And again, love. shout out to our Patreons, the Hartzogs, Keenan Hastings, and Kiani Adams. Man, Keenan has been rocking with us for a while. Um, Keanu, she's been listening to it recently. And of course, the Hartzogs have been rocking with us for a while. And uh, it means a lot. We do not take it for granted that you guys have joined us and participated in the Patreon. We're going to be bringing so much more value to you this week. Um, just kind of figuring how we're going to continue to add more value to you, but definitely going to have that come. So, um, yeah, if you aren't a part of it, please join us with us um, and become a part of that Two Talk family. Don't just listen, participate. Yeah. So we'll leave you with one last thought. We want to repeat this, this tweet one more time before we head out. Last thought is get some money so you can stop tripping over everything. For episode 128 of Tweet Talk the Black Web Podcast, I am your host, Raphael, along with my co-host Charles. We are out. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk Podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag, you know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk Podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. 
head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm give you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweak Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.